opportunity we have to study your word. We believe, Lord, it's going to fall on good ground today. We believe the seeds that we sow, Lord God, are going to come alive in us. We know, Lord, that you want to challenge us and help us and make us better. And we just thank you for making your word practical and simple and, and, and applicable to every area of our lives. We thank you, Father God, for a good word in due season. Uh, that'll be, Lord, something that will focus us on your plan and purpose in these days. We thank you for it. We give you all the honor, all the glory and praise, and you're the only one that's worthy of it all. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Well, welcome today. Welcome to the fourth and final part of our series entitled Awakened. Awakened. Now, it's been a, an awesome time. These first three parts have been, I believe, uh, parts of God's Word that have really come alongside and, and, and helped us to become aware and awake to certain things in our lives. And this series is all about um, the inspiring part of the series is to help you come alive spiritually and to help you understand that wherever an area in your life is that you have uh, not been awake, that it's time to wake up. Wherever there's been an area of your life where it seems dead, it's time for that to come alive. And so we're excited about uh, where there has been a stony heart of selfishness and complacency that God wants to bring that alive and, and make it a heart of love and commitments in our hearts. So let's talk about this word awaken again. Let's give the definition, catch us all up on the same place, and let's talk about this definition. To rouse from sleep, to wake up, to become suddenly aware of something to rouse from sleep, to wake up, to become suddenly aware of something. You know, it was 1979 when Verna and I were roused from sleep. Is that the right word to say? Roused? Roused good? Talk to me. Yeah, good. All right. Roused from sleep, woke up, we became suddenly aware of something, and we were only married for three years at the time, and we finally realized, that, and not finally, but we realized that we were not in very good shape and that our marriage was uh, in desperate need. And it was during this time where we recognized and understood that without divine intervention, our marriage would crash and burn. We realized that we loved each other. We realized that, that we had a deep commitment to each other. And, uh, but at the same time, we were working hard trying to change each other. I was working hard trying to change Vernon. She was working hard trying to change me. And we realized that without divine intervention, that, that God's plan and God's purpose would not be realized. It was during that time that we became awakened. That was over 40 years ago. And so today I want to sound the alarm and to waken us to the vital necessity of living a God-first life. Living a God-first life. And here's our big takeaway that I want you to get into your heart today. A life of uncertainty is never an issue of unmet needs, but always an issue of disordered priorities. Wow. A life of uncertainty is never an issue of unmet needs, but always an issue of disordered priorities priorities. So if you have your Bibles or your favorite digital devices, turn to the scripture that came alive to us, 
that woke us up, that transformed our lives, that caused us to realize that there was hope that we didn't have to crash and burn, no matter what the circumstance might be in your life, whether it's marriage or finances or whatever it might be that is, that is hindering you from reaching that next place in God. Um, Matthew 6.33 came alive in our hearts, and it really began to radically change our lives. We were awakened, and we suddenly, suddenly became aware of something. And I want to minister that to you today. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen. Please don't, we, we hear that verse a lot, so please don't look at it casually this morning. Please realize that it's a, it's a powerful, life-changing verse. It's a transformational verse. It really is. It makes a big difference in our life. This was a, a turning point in our lives. It was a turning point in our marriage. We understood that truly this was a part of our lives that we must put God first, that we, regardless of how we felt or whether we understood what the next steps were, there was something about this understanding, this revelation to us that totally changed our lives. We didn't do it perfectly. We didn't figure it all out and we didn't have it all together, uh, but there was something about the awakening of this verse that we suddenly became aware that really began to transform us. It became our compass and our life verse. And it really was something so simple and so tangible. Um, and, and it's, you know, a lot of things that we couldn't do and a lot of things we didn't know how to do at the time, but we could start putting God first. And no matter if you know the next step or how to get to the place of victory or how to get to that place where you know you need to be to be on the other side of this situation that you find yourself in, you might not know how to do it perfectly. You might not know how to what, what is that next step, and God's not asking you to know it all, but he is letting you know, if you'll just put me first, something will begin to change. Something will begin to happen. Something will begin to open up on your behalf uh, because that's just God's way. We, we started to put God first in the midst of not knowing what all the steps were, and our life began to change. There are three uh, life-altering, game-changing realizations that, that come to life when you understand this God-first life. And number one, God has a way for our lives. God has a way for our lives, meaning there is something specific, something that, that you might not understand, something that we take for granted, something that you might not really recognize, but God understands every detail about your life. He's a detailed God. How many believe that today? He understands the details. He cares about the details. He cares about everything necessary to bring your life into a, a place of agreement and a place where God's plan and purpose comes alive in your heart. See, God is not disconnected or, or, or disinterested in our lives. God cares about you. God wants to be fully involved in our lives. He has a plan. He has a purpose. Amen. And, and your life is designed specifically for His will to be done in your lives. And as you make Him your first priority, you'll witness firsthand how God wants to be present in your life and make a way. He's a master way maker. 
How many believe that today? You've seen that before. You've watched God be the master way maker. You've had testimony after testimony. And sometimes we forget about the last testimonies. This one is the big one. This one is too hard. This one is the overwhelming nature of it all. But God is a way maker. He knows how to make a way, amen, and bring you to a place where you can experience what you were created for. The second life-altering God, game-changing realization is number two. We don't have to carry the weight of our life alone. We don't have to carry the weight of our life alone. How many know it gets heavy? It becomes burdensome. When you're overwhelmed and, and your mind is going crazy and your thought life is, is overwhelmed and, and you're sad and discouraged and you seem like you're fighting every day, my goodness, it seems like it's such a heavy weight. And it's a heavy burden, and you wonder, can I bear underneath this burden? Can I, can I handle the weight of all that's going on in my life? And life is challenging, and the cares of life can be heavy, but God doesn't want you to carry that burden alone. That's the good news. Jesus invites us to keep in step with Him and let Him do the heavy lifting. Matthew 11 says this in verses 28 to 30 in the Message Bible. It says, are you tired? Duh. Worn out? You betcha. Burned out on religion? Absolutely. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Don't you love that? I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Man, that's a good word today. When you put God first, you can begin to live in response to how He shapes your life rather than striving to manipulate, to work it all out on your own, to, to be that person in control. I'll take care of it. I'll do it my way like you've done in so many times past. You can find God um, in, in that place where He wants to be involved. He wants to lighten the load. He wants you to know he cares deeply about you. and He wants to help in every area of your life. You don't have to bear the weight alone. Number three, God's way. God's way is better than ours. And I'm going to spend the rest of my time on this. God's way is better than ours. Have you figured that out yet? Man, I hope you have. Because um, life can get very difficult and overwhelming when you haven't come to that realization. The Bible says that God's way is perfect, it's trustworthy, it's right, it's enlightening, it's refreshing. And I don't know about you, but, but my way usually isn't any of those things, right? If we're honest, our way doesn't necessarily end up in a refreshing, right, enlightening way. But God's way is not only all those things, but He knows how to meet you right where you are. He's not waiting for you to suddenly become um, this perfect model of, of God's word and God's plan. He'll meet you right where you are. See, when you feel like your life is a mess, God reveals his goodness to you. When you feel like, the, like your life doesn't matter, God reminds you how valuable you are. When you don't feel like, man, your life has fallen apart, he reminds you that he's your strength and your deliverer. When you're depressed, he's a giver of joy. Amen. When your life is changing, he reminds you, I've already been in your tomorrows. And when you're too busy, man, God's peace comes and rescues us and guards our heart, amen, and our mind. And he's an 
over-the-top, amazing, good God. Can I hear an amen this morning? Yes, he is. Amen. Make sure stay engaged at church at home because we think that God and know that God is desiring to really help us and awake us to his plan and purpose. God's way for your life is always the best. It's always the perfect way. And I think that most people instinctively believe this, but they don't know how to put it into action. They don't know how to, uh, to say, you know, this is the next step. And we sometimes feel like in the natural, it's just way too complicated. And, and how do we do this? And, and how do we make the right steps towards God's plan and purpose to, to bring a good result and, and victory into, this, into our lives? See, I've heard over and over again, people say, Pastor Jonathan, it's just not that simple. How many have ever said that? It's just not that simple. I mean, I've said it myself, and the phrase usually is followed by a long account of some hard thing that we've been through, right? There's usually a story behind that. There's usually something that's been very difficult and overwhelming in our lives that comes on the other side of that, that makes it complicated. And, and I understand, I really do, but let me make something very clear as I build today. While life can be hectic, complex, and painful, God's solution is not. Now, you who have made, find yourself in a hectic place, a complex place, and a painful place, I understand that's overwhelming, but you understand something, God's solution to all of that is not complex. It really isn't. No matter where I've traveled around the world, no matter what people group I've been a part of, there's something, there's a compelling reality that is consistent across all the people groups as far as whatever place I have been around the world, you know, we all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. As humans all over the world, no matter what race or religion, we all have similar worries, hopes, dreams, and desires, and, and we all want a satisfying, productive life. We all want financial stability in our lives. We all want meaningful relationships with friends and family. We want freedom from worry and fear, and we all want some kind of legacy um, to leave behind. And most of all, we all want love. Every one of us have the same desires, regardless of what you might call it, no matter what the world might call it, luck, favor, fortune, deep down on the inside, there's this great need for mankind to, to be marked by blessing. And a God-first living is the only way to receive from God what we all instinctively desires to have. It's God. That, is, that initial desire for all of that is God birthed. It's God imparted on the inside of us. God wants us to live in a place of victory. Most people seem to equate happiness and joy with measurable goals and outcomes. And sometimes a, a formula like this might be something that you looked at in times past. Right career plus plenty of money plus right spouse plus right friends Minus pain and suffering equals happiness. People try their best to plug in the right career, plenty of money, you know, the right spouse, the right friends, you know, and not so much the pain and the suffering. And somehow we think that the end result is going to be happiness. 
The end result is going to be something that is good for us. And often, as earnest as we are to follow this formula, we can find and we can plug in all the right things and oftentimes just come up empty, right? Come up empty. Come up with this thing and hard to find this elusive thing called happiness. And many of us spend a lot of time and energy getting all the right variables of the happiness formula, but oftentimes come up very short. And we forget that whoever and whatever, this is an important statement here because God knows how to do this for we forget that whatever force has first place in our lives will drive our decision and shape our futures. Isn't that the truth? See, whatever has first place, whatever force we we rely on, that we look towards, no matter how much success, fame, or money we have, if our priorities are out of whack, none of this is going to make us happy, right? We can work so hard to plug in all the variables, and we, we do. We can work so hard for the promotion, and, and, and rightly so. You should, should work hard for all of it in the right school and the right opportunities. Amen. But whatever has first place in your life directs how you live, and I'm no exception to this rule, and neither are you. Amen. I'm convinced that your search of happiness and joy, listen very carefully, God is not your fiercest opponent towards, he's your ally. He wants you happy. He wants you joyful. And we know the, the joy is, the, is more of the Bible word than the word happiness, which is based on outward circumstances, but he, he wants you joyful. He wants you happy. How many believe that today? Amen. But to see those things from his perspective, listen, you must master one crucial truth. Amen. Happiness and joy aren't about more, better, or greater. It's about order. Happiness is not about joy. Happiness and joy aren't about more, better, and greater, because that's what we think. We think, well, if we have money issues, all we need to do is put more money on it. Well, if we, if we had business issues, all we need to know is have a little bit more strategies for, for how to grow that business. Um, if we'll just let go of this or people issues, and we think that's the answer, but really the answer is not more, better, or greater. It's order. It's order. That's why Jesus told us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when we do that, all these things will be added to us. Please understand, life can be complex. Life can be hectic. Life can be painful, but God's solution is not. Amen. See, if we'll get the order right, God promises to meet our needs. If we'll get the order right, amen, there's unexpected blessings attached to a life of order. When we strive to set our own priorities, what happens is that, that we, we think that whatever I work hard at will, will make it work. But when God said, no, uh, I need to be first. I need to be first. When you put God first, you choose a life of proper order that keeps at bay, listen, all the all kind of sorrow, stress, and pain that inundates those who seek riches first. We know that when we do this on our own, it's painful. When we do this on our own, it's frustrating. When we do this on our own and try to figure it out and 
and have a plan and have a purpose. And, and I'm not suggesting you don't have a plan, but, but when we do it ourselves, there's so much sorrow that goes along with it. There's so much pain that goes along with it, right? And, and there's stress that goes along with it. And here's what you need to understand. This is what transformed our lives and has transformed us from this day forward is when order is restored, read it with me. How many times have you heard me say that? Man, that's been such a revelation to us. When order is restored, blessings are released. That's you can live your life on. You know, when Vern and I got our order right, blessings are released. When Vern and I got our order right, when you get your order right, when you get the priorities right, amen, blessings are released. Oftentimes, the reason why they're, they're not coming our way to the measure that we desire and to the measure that we want is because we, are, we, don't, we lack order. We're out of order. And we're out of order. And because we're out of order, God's blessings cannot come like they desire. There's nothing wrong with seeking a better financial picture. There's nothing wrong with a better job. There's nothing wrong with, with improving your life and going back to school and, and getting into counseling. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But there's something wrong when we seek those things first. God will never ask you to stop doing something that, that truly brings you great joy and fulfillment. He just doesn't want that to be first in your life. Amen. How can God add his blessings, listen, to anyone who has chosen his life to be out of order? He can't do it. One of the most important, one of the great things about God first life is that it helps us distinguish between what is truly important and what is merely urgent. A life of order tends to increase a life of order, a life out of order, thank you. I didn't think that sounded right. A life out of order tends to increase in complexity. Disorder invites more disorder. Right? A life out of order tends to increase in complexity. Vern and I have worked hard in our busy schedule to, be, to make it simple. Simplicity is God's plan. Right? When life gets complicated, I've realized in our life, in the Del Turco house, when life gets out of order, when life gets complex, I've realized something's out of order. Something's not working right. Something's not in place, <laughs> right? Because disorder invites more disorder. The more disorder we have, it doesn't, it, it doesn't change. It only gets worse. So disorder is something that absolutely overwhelms us and causes us not to walk in God's highest and best. The urgent things, those things that, are, that have a demand, those things that demand immediate attention, they clamor for a, a position of, of, of priority and they scream at us. And, and the more you go after the urgent need, the more you try to check off something in a life of disorder that is a, a want or something in your life, you check it off thinking that it's, it's finished and my life is going to get simpler. It's not true because there's always something else. There's always something else to check off. There's always another drama. There's always another person with a, 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 you know, a big opinion. There's always something else right? That is there. And so when disorder is there, you're trying your best and you feel like I'm, I'm, I'm drowning here. 
because you're trying to do right things, but because you're out of order, it only creates more disorder. I'm helping somebody today. And amen. I'm, I'm preaching better than you're amen today, that's for sure. And the mask is no excuse. Amen. But order brings simplicity. By showing us what to hold on to and what to let go of. Order brings clarity by bringing our priorities into stronger focus. When there is order in our lives, our priorities become clearer, and those things that don't benefit us, we, we begin to, they, they become exposed. In an environment of order, anything that is not beneficial to you becomes exposed. Come on. Amen. And when it becomes exposed, it becomes easier to say, you know what, that's not working. That's not helping my marriage. That's not helping my finances. That's not helping my, my, the, the areas of the life that I need. That's not helping me to live a, a healthy, whole life. While this kind of decision certainly involves our emotions, it absolutely is a decision of our will. I will put God first. It's not maybe. It's not if I feel like it. It's not when I get around to it. It's not if it's easy, right? And once made, it's a decision that's sacred and irrevocable. There's no going back. No going back. Why? Because life, we know as we know it, is, is challenging and is overwhelming, and there's always something pulling us back to the unimportant, pulling us away from a top priority in our lives. Centuries ago, the Apostle Paul made this exact kind of choice, and he made it because he recognized who called him to make it. It's a great verse in Colossians 1.18. It says that he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the what? Supremacy. I love that word. Supremacy. Say it with me. Supremacy. It's a, it's a word that I don't believe was an afterthought word. I believe this was a well-thought-out word. It was a, it's a powerful, ultimate kind of description of the preeminent authority of God over all things. Amen. Amen. See, God must always be first. He must never be second. Never be second. He doesn't care if you have a, a second, a third, a fourth, or a fifth, as long as he's what? First, as long as he's first, as long as he's in that first position. When Vern and I put God in that first position, all of our differences and all of our working hard to change each other, we, we've said it over and over again. When, when our priorities changed, 80% of our problems went away. Now, we still had 20% we had to work at. We still had a ways to go. But it wasn't as overwhelming. Why? Because we began to simplify. We began to realize that, that our order, we were totally out of order. You see, when we yield to God's authority, it brings a blessing into our lives. Amen. It's not an oppressive burden. But see, constant worry and constant drama and never-ending pursuit of short-lived pleasure, lived pleasures in our lives um, is absolutely a situation that causes there to be um, this dissatisfaction in our lives because we waste energy. 
We waste energy on the drama of life. How many of us could say, man, I'm wasting so much energy. Wasting so much energy on things that aren't important. Wasting so much energy on things that I think are, are absolutely the most important. And I'm, I'm wasting energy. I'm wearing myself out. Come on. Wearing myself out because I'm, I'm involved with things that are not helping me. Constant worry. Constant fear. Something that Jesus did not call us to. He called us to a God-first life where order is restored and blessings can be released. See, when you live a life filled with drama and worry and doubt and fear and uncertainty, it absolutely causes you to be, uh, it's, it's a draining. And most of us realize that to no avail, we've put our energies into things that do not produce the results that we need. Energy invested in a God-first life, listen, is not wasted energy. It's a dynamo. It inspires you. It strengthens you. It enables you, right? It helps you rise above the situations that wore you out in times past. Something happens. You put a, there's a desire. There's a longing. There's a fight. There's something in you that says, man, when God is first, there's this power and authority that rises up inside of you to say, I, I know what belongs to me. I'm getting a glimpse of it. I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. Something about when our priorities get straight, how everything seems to change in our lives. Let me close with this. <clears throat> Have you ever watched any shows on Animal Planet? Are you anybody that enjoys that? I see a few hands that go up. Absolutely. I, I enjoy Animal Planet, I, especially the ones about the big cats. It's fascinating to me to watch lions and and, and how they take on the, the, big, the big game, like the willowbeast or the water buffaloes, and killing these larger animals. If you've learned anything about the lions, it's not, even, it's not only um, uh, hard and a tough situation for the prey, but also for the lion, because it can be very dangerous. And the lion can get hurt, and the lion's life could be at stake. Um, and, and going after this big meal that he desires... So I thought about that. I asked myself the question, so why not go after the smaller game? Why not go after something that's not as dangerous? Why not go after something that, that um, will be plenty of? Why not go after the small rodents? It's an abundance in the, in the savannah. Why not go after the, those small animals? You know, it's not as dangerous. It's not nearly as uh, uh, difficult and so forth. And, and when you think about that, why not? Why spend so much energy chasing the big game uh, when there's plenty of small creatures all around for the whole pride to benefit from? Here's the answer. The energy that the lion spends chasing a small rodent is greater than the caloric content of that creature. That's why they don't. So that lion could all day long chase rodents. And you would think his belly would be full. But because it takes so much work and such little benefit, the lion can actually starve to death. Think about that. To survive, a lion needs what? To focus on one big thing, the big meal. 
If he could just catch the one big one, the antelope, the wildebeest, the rest of the little things will take care of themselves. You know what I think? I think the lion's on to something. <laughs> right? I think the lion's on to something, and we should pay attention to it. The lion knows what's important, and he stays focused on the one thing. He knows he's better than scurrying after rats. And you know what? You're better than that too. We spend so much time on the small things that have so much they're screaming at us, right? The small things that the Bible says we're not supposed to be pursuing that God says he will bless us with if we'll just put him first. Amen. If we'll just put him first. We're chasing after things. We're chasing after money. We're chasing after clothes. We're chasing after all the things that, that wear us out when the Spirit of God's saying, if you'll just put me first, if you'll just get your order right, I'll take care of all the other things. Here we are wasting our time, wasting our energy, and we, 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 don't have, we don't see any benefit coming from it. It looks like we're busy. It looks like we're accomplishing something, but we're worn out because we're not doing it God's way. We need to wake up, amen, and live a God-first life, amen. Say it with me. No more rats. I'm done chasing rats, amen. While life can be hectic, complex and painful, God's solution is not. Did you remember that? Listen, and besides, he's the lion. He's the king of the jungle, right? What? Come on, he needs to have some respect. The king of the jungle is not going to be chasing after rats. And guess what who you are? Ha, come on, you're a child of the most high God. You're the redeemed of the Lord. Amen. And your older brother is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. We shouldn't be chasing after all these small things and small-minded people. Amen. And recognizing that, that God just simply wants us to put him first. And the promise is, is a life-changing, transformation part of our lives. Amen. Thank God. 44 years married, we're going strong. You know why? Because we made a choice. To put God first. Oh, there was work to be done. There was counseling to be had. There was adjustments to be made. There was forgiveness that had to come across. Come on, there was work to be done. But regardless of all the mistakes and poor choices, amen, we must make the one great choice that makes all the other choices pale in comparison. Putting God first. Living a God-first life is the trajectory of your life the one you hope for? Are you in the right place? Are you heading in the right direction? Are you on the right road? Are you in that place or do you need to stop and redirect? Where are you out of order? Your time with God? Your relationship with others? Your career? Your money? How many stories and testimonies have we heard of people who were financially struggling and finally began to tithe? finally began to, to tithe and give offerings, and they got their money in order, and life began to change for them. 
They started their morning off in prayer. They began to read God's Word. Began to do all the things, praying the Holy Ghost and, and do the, the, the things that matter the most. And how many have a testimony today of how God supernaturally restored and brought it back right because we got our lives back right? Amen. For whatever reason, you've stopped tithing. Or for whatever reason, you've stopped praying or you've stopped reading your Bible or you've stopped having your time with God or whatever it is. Let's, let's get wake up. Let's wake up. Amen. Let's rouse from our sleep. Let's become suddenly aware again of things that we know better, but we need to recognize it and know that God desires to bring this to pass in our lives. What was our big takeaway? A life of uncertainty. Man, we're all there. It's never an issue of unmet needs. It's always an issue of disordered priorities. My, I hope you don't forget that. I hope you realize that. Realize that God wants to come through for you because He knows how to make your life successful. Amen? Lord spoke to me years ago and said, He said to me, He said, I love you too much to hurt you, and I'm too wise to make a mistake with your life. That's been an amazing statement that has kept me a statement of trust. When I would encourage you to adopt, God loves you too much to hurt you. And he's too wise to make a mistake with your life. If you'll just get your priorities straight, you'll be amazed of how God will come through for you. Amen. Did you learn something today? Come on, let's stand to our feet.